Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thank you, Tash. Thank you to Sarah and Holly and Ella and Jamie this morning as well for those beautiful songs. He has overcome. What a beautiful song. And Jesus enthroned upon the praises of our hearts. What great words to start off with this morning. Thanks as always to um, Andrew behind the camera and to Matt behind all the sound. We appreciate these guys so much. It's been a bit of a weird week and a tough week. Um, We have watched on the news the brutal death of um, George Floyd live on uh, Erd and TV. Um, Things that have started all kinds of injustices and makes us realize as believers that we must stand against racism, stand against sectarianism, which has wrecked our own little country Um, for many, many years. No place in the church, no place in society for things like this. We've watched the abortion laws being tallied about this week again, and we believe as a church that that abortion should be abolished completely. Um, That's our prayer, and that's what we're believing for. So weird things happening in the world, but God's still on the throne, and he's in control. I read a story some time ago of a, a, a new aircraft that they were designing, and this was a, a fighter aircraft, and they'd put, poured multi-millions and probably billions of dollars into this uh, new aircraft, and um, when it came to the point where they finally got it completed and it was taken for it, the test pilot took it for its run, um, somewhere in midstream, um, the, the pilot had to eject, the plane crashed. And when they found the um, flight box, they discovered that the plane had no fuel in it. They discovered that after all their, their multi-billions of dollars and all the work they'd done over the years, that someone forgot the very main component of fuel. And I'm afraid sometimes that that's maybe the way Christians try to live their lives. They forget about the fuel that actually makes it all work. And then they wonder why they crash and burn. And on the back of Pentecost weekend, which was last weekend, where we celebrated the coming of the Holy Spirit to planet Earth, we can get all excited about that and sometimes lose the momentum. And so the question is, how do we live the Christian life without crashing and burning? How do we maintain a dynamic spiritual vitality without burning out? And in other words, how do we get the fuel to soar as believers? How do we stay filled with the Holy Spirit? Because that's the proper theology of the Holy Spirit, being constantly filled, all right? And so Drew is going to read a passage for us this morning from Galatians 3. And in this passage, Paul asks five questions that we're going to try and explore this morning in the time that we have. And so it would be a good idea if you could see if you could spot those questions as Drew reads us from Galatians 3 this morning. So watch and read along. Galatians 3, 1 to 9. 
you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was betrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law, or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law, or by believing what you heard? So also Abram believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand, then, that those who have faith are children of Abram. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abram. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abram, the man of faith. Thanks, Drew, for reading for us this morning. What a powerful passage. Um, let's just pray and ask the Lord to bless it. Father, thank you for this word this morning. Thank you how you speak to us through it. And we pray that that's what you will do this morning as we um, unfold these scriptures in Jesus' name. Amen. The churches in Galatia were being influenced by people who sought to pervert, or the ESV uses the word distort, the gospel of Christ. We read this in Galatians 1, um, verses 6 to 7. We see this. We also see it in this passage today as well. These individuals taught that the Gentile Christians needed to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses according to Acts 15. And Paul saw this as faulty teaching, uh, and he saw that it would lead people away from the salvation which is in Christ alone through faith alone. These so-called teachers were perverting the truth and they were trying to support their case by undermining Paul's apostleship. They reckoned that Paul wasn't a true apostle and they were trying to undermine his authority. And that's why Paul, when he writes the book, uh, the, the, the letter to the church at Galatia starts off, Paul, an apostle, he's trying to um, highlight a point here. Discouragement, I suppose we could say, haunts all of us at times. And in Galatians 3, Paul asks five pointed questions which challenge our life and faith. Sometimes discouragement, sometimes suffering, sometimes um, disappointment can set us back and can send us into old habits, old ways, and old systems. And that's what happened here um, in, in the churches at Galatia. And so Paul asked five questions. We're going to look at them really quickly. First question, he said, who has bewitched you? What a question. Oh, foolish Galatians, he says, who has bewitched you? He's saying, who did this to you? How could this happen? Before your very eyes, he said, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed and, and crucified. Paul says to these Galatian believers, I showed you that Christ died for our sins. He's the one that paid the penalty for our sins, but now you're behaving like you're under a spell. He said, by trying to, to keep a law to pay for your own sins, it looks like somebody has brainwashed you. And then, just in case they are a little bit brainwashed, he asked a second question to remind them how they got started in the Christian life. And here's the second question. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by hearing with faith? 
Now, the obvious answer is that we receive the Holy Spirit by believing the gospel, not by keeping the law. And the moment we put our faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in to each and every one of us and lives within us. That's how all of us got started in the Christian life. We began with simple faith in Christ who loved us and died for. Simply trust Christ with your life. Stop trying so hard and just depend on Christ, and he will give you his Holy Spirit right now. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you could do that right now on screen in your own home. You could just accept Jesus, repent of your sin, and the Holy Spirit will enter your life. That's the incredible miracle and theology of the gospel. A couple of years ago, um, we were in the butterfly farm just outside Newcastle, and I was loving it. I, lo- I love that place. And we were in the butterfly house and, um, and one of my kids began to laugh and said, Dad, there's a butterfly on your head. Now, some of you are maybe thinking he had a right place to land, but um, there it was, a butterfly on my head. And, and, and like a butterfly, when pursued, is always beyond your grasp. But if you sit down quietly, it might just light on you. And and I think that's a bit like the Spirit of God. He is not seized, he is received. And and so, if you want the Holy Spirit within you, you need to stop trying to chase him down. Stop trying to work so hard to get him and instead simply receive him by resting quietly in Christ. Begin your Christian life with the Spirit by faith. And then go on, continue like you started, continue your life with the Spirit by faith. And this is where I think some believers fall down. You keep going like you started. You keep going by trusting Christ with your life. You find full and complete maturity through dependence in Christ, not by keeping and following a set of rules. Third question. He says, are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit that you're now trying to attain your goal by human effort, or more literally, are you being perfected or completed by the flesh? Now, the the Bible asks a very simple question here. He says, if you begin your spiritual life with the Spirit by faith, are you going to continue in your own human efforts? And the answer, again, is quite obvious. No, we continue like we started by faith, by depending on the Lord not ourselves. So the primary purpose of the grace of God, the undeserving favor of God, is to empower us to live this life. It's our fuel to live. Yes, we get salvation. Yes, we get our passport to glory. But first and foremost, it's our everyday fuel to live this life, the grace of God that we receive by faith. And if we want to find full and complete maturity as followers of Christ, then we must trust Uh, Christ to live his life through us by his Holy Spirit each and every day, every single one of us. God, listen, God has a sense uh, of direction and development um, when it comes to your and my spiritual growth. He has told us, he said, you're going to be like my son someday. You're going to be like Jesus someday. You're saying, that's impossible. Well, he says at Romans chapter 8, verse 29, Paul's a writer, and he says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to his image, to turn out like him. 
And, and if you think it's impossible, Paul actually writes to another church in Philippi, and in 1 6 he says this be confident of this. Imagine that. Be confident of this. He says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to its completion to the day of Christ Jesus. All we need to do, folks, is to trust God's Holy Spirit to lead us through life. While we stumble over simplicity sometimes. I say the the Bible is a simple book for simple people, but we have just overcomplicated some of these things. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. He's got some tough workouts planned for you. There are going to be some days when your muscles are going to hurt, but you can trust your coach because he really does know what he's doing. He's working to make you more and more like Christ Jesus. And one day he will, in fact, make you and I as beautiful as him. That is amazing, isn't it? Trust the Lord to complete his work on you and live your spiritual journey the same way you started it, by faith. The writer of Hebrews says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you begin your life with the Spirit by faith and you continue your life with the Spirit by faith, even through times of suffering. Fourth question, we're going well. Fourth question, have you suffered so much for nothing if it really was for nothing? You see, when we live a life of faith, sometimes we suffer for it. Our old friends don't always appreciate the new changes um, that are taking place in your life. Sometimes even some people can get jealous and they begin to make life difficult for you um, or they try to get you to go back to your old ways. That's what these, um, these false teachers were trying to do in the church at Galatia. That's what happened here. They were, they, 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 when these people came to faith in Christ, some of the Jewish religious leaders didn't like the fact that Paul and Barnabas could actually gather a bigger crowd than they could, and they even lied about Paul. You read about this in Acts 14, where they actually lied, and they got him stoned on one occasion. All right, Paul had to remind them in verse 22 of Acts 14, he had to say, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Oh my, sometimes as believers, we just miss out those verses, don't we? We don't like to hear that. You must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. When Paul asked him, have you suffered so much for nothing? In other words, he said, don't give up the fight. Don't give up yet. Keep on living your life by faith in Christ, not somebody's religious system. I've talked to you often in our church about the gap theory between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. Even in my own story, and 11 years of age, getting, I felt called as a boy over and over again on a little bridge on the, on, on the Ardmore Road. And, and, and it was 30 years later before I stepped into full-time um, Christian ministry, 30 years when I was 41, 20 years ago. And so, um, and, 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 and you've got to go to the Bible. Joseph, 17 years. Jesus, 30 years. Moses, 40 years in a wilderness. You, 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 you're in good company. Even Joseph's period of waiting um, included a prison sentence. And Paul, when he writes if you, if you don't think hardship comes your way, listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11 from verse 23 on to 28. He says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. On and on he goes. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. He says, I've labored and toiled and I've gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and gone without food. I've been cold and naked and beside everything else, he said, I face the daily pressure of worrying about all of you, my concern for all the churches. Anybody want to be an apostle? Man, Paul doesn't give it much of a a prelude. Sure he doesn't um, to want to jump into that profession. But don't let anyone, don't let anything stop you. Otherwise, all the suffering, all that you've been through will just have been wasted. And Paul proves his apostleship by perseverance. It's the key. He's in the thing that actually proves Paul's apostleship is perseverance. And that perseverance is in two things, persevering to see signs and wonders break through and persevering in suffering. When the tough times came, he persevered. And that's the word to you in the church today. When the tough times come, persevere. Good things come to those who wait. That is true in the spiritual life as well. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves just to keep trusting, keep trusting. And if you do, your life will be richer for it. So keep believing even through times of pain because God abundantly supplies a spirit to those who believe. Now we're going well. We're in our last question. Number five. And, and number five is quite unusual because it's a repeat, almost a repeat of number two. It's almost like a, a, a double up of verse two. So in verse five, he says, he says, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? And he just reworded it a little bit, but he's asking the same thing. And the obvious answer again is God gives us his spirit because we believe, not because we obey the law. We've said that over and over again. It is through faith and, the on, and only through faith uh, that God gives us his Holy Spirit. And when we trust him, God is not stingy with his spirit. He's called the parakletos. He's called, and and it's where we get our word for rescue vessel, that one who draws alongside, that one who who comes and takes over. And actually the Greek word, I looked this up this week and I thought this was lovely. The Greek word for give actually means to give generously and extravagantly. And the word was used in the Bible days. We do hear this. The word was used in the Bible days to describe someone who paid for an entire choir to provide background music in a play. It was expensive. It would be like, it would be like, my, my imagination was thinking it would be like, it would be like hiring an entire symphony orchestra instead of just one single minstrel to provide background music for an anniversary reception. Imagine if your spouse did that for you and you were out for a romantic dinner and there was an entire orchestra turned up instead of just somebody um, uh, single to do that. This was expensive. That's exactly how God supplies his spirit to those of us who believe. He supplies his Holy Spirit with extravagant measures, extravagant abundance. That's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, he'd come to give you life and life to the full, life that was abundant, not something that was cheap and drab, but something that was full and explosive. I love um, biographies and I love reading. And one of my uh, favorites is Helen Keller. 
Helen Keller was born in 1880. She died in 1968. And uh, she had some brilliant quotes. Let me give you a couple of them. Um, one of the things she said was, life is either a daring adventure or it is nothing at all. Now, it's quite a statement, but when it comes from somebody who was born deaf and blind, it has so much more substance, hasn't it? Another one was, the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. I love that. But let me tell you this one that she wrote a story on. She said, alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. And in her biography, The Life Story of Helen Keller, she writes this. Um, a little bit of her story. On the advice of Dr. Alexander Graham Bell, her parents, the parents of Helen Keller, sent for a teacher from the Perkins Institution for the Blind in Boston. And this girl turned up. She was a 19-year-old orphan girl called Anne Sullivan. And um, uh, she was chosen for the task of instructing the six-year-old Helen Keller, who was six at the time, um, in, in, in her life uh, of being deaf and, and blind. And it was the beginning of a lifelong friendship between them. And by means of manual alphabet, Anne spelled into Helen's hands words like doll or puppy. And two years later, actually, Helen was reading and writing Braille fluently. At 10, um, Helen learned sounds by placing her fingers on, on Anne's larynx and, and feeling, or, or she would say, hearing feeling the vibration or hearing the words through the vibrations. Later on, Helen would go to Radcliffe College where Anne spelled the lectures into her hands, sat with her and spelt the lectures into her hands. And after graduating with honors, Helen decided to devote her life to helping the blind and the deaf. And as part of that endeavor, she wrote many, many books and articles and traveled around the world making speeches and Many of Helen's speeches were not intelligible to someone, so Anne Sullivan would actually translate them for her. Their nearly 50 years of companionship ended when Anne died in 1936. And let me read to you what Helen Keller wrote about Anne. And think about this in context of the Holy Spirit. She said that my, my teacher is so near to me that I scarcely think of myself apart from her. I feel that her being, uh, her being is inseparable from my own and that the footsteps of my life are in hers. Listen to this. All the best of me belongs to her. There's not a talent or an inspiration or a joy in me that has not been awakened by her loving touch. I wonder if you said that about the Holy Spirit or could you say that about the Holy Spirit? All the best of me belongs to him. There's not a talent or an inspiration or a joy in me that has not been awakened by his loving touch. He supplies his spirit, a lifelong companion, a close friend, one who walks with us through every step of our lives. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't come into our lives just to give us a lesson or two in good behavior. He comes as a companion. He comes as a comforter. He comes as one who makes us more like 
Jesus. And spiritually speaking, like Helen Keller, we were, we were deaf and blind, but God's Spirit came and filled us when we trusted Christ. And now he's available for us to excel in this life. Yes, I say that again. He's available for you to excel in this life. All we need to do is to continue trusting him. So here's my, my conclusion to all this. By grace, begin your life with the Spirit through faith. Maybe you'll do that today for the first time. By grace, my friend, continue your life with the Spirit through faith. That one day, by grace, you'll be able to complete your life with the Spirit through faith. From the beginning to the end, accept His grace by faith. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. Doesn't matter, you can get it through simple faith. I often say that faith is the key to the fuel tank of God's Spirit. It's the key to the fuel tank of God's Spirit. Faith is the key to living the Christian life without crashing and burning. It's the fuel. Don't be like our friends with the plane at the beginning of our story that we spend all the time on all the things that look good and all the images and forget the fuel that makes us fly. Tash didn't know I was going to quote this verse. I was encouraged when she quoted it at the breaking of bread. For by grace you have been saved. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I, uh, I love the message in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Are you tired, worn out? burned out in religion, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live lightly and freely. How beautiful is that? So, that's me. Faith is the key. If you um, are listening for the first time and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, there's been loads of times through the message I've, I've thrown out a, a, an offer for that. There's a number that will be across the bottom of your screen. If you'd love someone to pray with you right now, then someone would be available and we would love that. We would love that you would just come by faith and accept Jesus Christ into your life today. And for all of you who are struggling with life, Get refueled, get refilled, constantly being filled. Ask him right now, say, come Holy Spirit, refill, refresh me. Search my heart and see if there's any wicked way in me and fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' mighty name, may the Lord bless you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.